previously on follow the leader magic is dying and the magus is dying with it we travel together to the realm of umbra where magic was born fall of magic is a collaborative storytelling game where we play a group of travelers and the company of the magus on the way we'll encounter strange hosts fantastic places and perilous choices as we play to discover who our characters are how they relate and how our journey changes them my character's name is arcady they use they them pronouns and they are a fugitive of Stormguard. They took something that they should not have. And uh, didn't look back. I will be home taking uh, the helm of Arcturus Regulus, a knight of Stormguard. I will be playing Lothaly, who is a... Uh, midwife of barley town Faye uses Faye or she pronouns and i just want to say that i envisioned fair as a like very large like nine foot tall like half treant person with uh like weaves for hair that change with the seasons so we now return to the game already in progress There's so many good ones. Jeez. Mm -hmm. There really is. This is a great location. Yeah, I'm really happy we got to the deep play, y'all. <laughs> okay. So I think after Lothaly has sunned herself a bit, she's going to stretch her legs in a, like, not running way. Like, she's going to take a slow ambling walk around and anybody who wants to be with her when Faye does this is entirely welcome but eventually Faye and whoever was at Fairside will all find themselves in a really long hall that's just like lined with what I can only describe as like old school calculating machines. Like, you know Ooh. how, you know how early computers were run by punch card. And yeah. Like the, like the reels of, of, of and, and stuff. Yeah. And like, there are little, little robotic arms feeding, you know, feeding some of the reels of the, the punch cards, you know, individual punch cards, the entire reams of paper that get fed through. And, at the end is i'm trying to decide if this is too weird no mm -hmm. but it's just like at the end is just a patchwork 
mouth. Like, mm. it's obviously pa- pasted together pieces of metal that have been found over the years. And, like, it doesn't move or anything, but it's got, like, a speaker set between its lips. Mm-hmm. And the fortress's, you know, soothing voice comes through and says, Welcome. This is the Hall of Constant Motion. This is where we calculate. Mm-hmm. Mm. Uh, one, one no, uh, one idea. Uh, mm-hmm. If you, if you're interested, um, is that the 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 hallway? There is a walkway that you are walking along, and then in a like octagonal cylinder is is like panels above, you know, to to each side and below the walkway. Ooh. I like that a lot. Mm-hmm. That's a really good visual. Mm-hmm. Each with like those computer banks. Yes. Love it. Is anybody else with uh, Lothalia here? I was going to say yes, but then I also have to do the next scene. So. <laughs> That's fair. Arcturus? Uh, Arcturus? Arcturus is not. Okay. He is afraid of the answers. <laughs> Uh, I'll tell you what, uh, if you said that you were doing what I think Arcady would have gone with you, but they're not saying a whole bunch. No, that's fine. And Lothaly just kind of like raises an eyebrow and is just like, what kind of calculations? That's not the one question, though. <laughs> Maybe it says, is that your question? <laughs> Lothaly just kind of like toes at the the surface of the walkway a little bit and says no I just wanted to make sure I get your meaning but will there be a spring after this winter? Can your calculations tell me that? It's like just this incredible whirring sound that like kind of spirals like it's i i bet like it almost you can see the thought moving through the hallway mhm mhm um as like different reels activate at different rates and and, and like you can see like almost a, a, like a sh- like a wave of motion mm. and the the mouth it does not open cuz it doesn't it just doesn't move, it doesn't move but there is like a ding <laughs> as it thinks. Perfect. And it says there is always a spring after winter though whether we recognize it or not is its own question. Lovely kind of nods. Thank you. I guess that... If you would allow a bit of conjecture. Sure. Perhaps watching for the spring is the best way to ensure you do not miss it. Lovely, like, very clearly does not quite understand that conjecture, but Faye, like, smiles a little and nods and says, thank you. I'll keep my eyes open 
and like forced forced cheer because that wasn't quite the answer that she was hoping for but you don't always get the answer you want huh mm. well, I suppose not cool does Arcady have anything to say I think as they leave the room leave the hall they're just like I'm sorry that wasn't the answer you wanted I mean it doesn't matter what a tree wants the seasons will do what the seasons will do but i guess it's nice to know that the seasons will be seasons whether i like how the seasons go or not just have to be willing to bend under the weight of the snow so it doesn't break you they sort of let out a breath and you're allowed to be disappointed you're allowed to want things. Maybe, but my disappointment doesn't help the Magus. I can be disappointed when we're done, I guess. Being disappointed won't stop you helping him. You want just one thing, and you don't have to feel just one thing. I think Lothaly doesn't say anything, but just kind of like nods towards the exit of the hall and starts heading that way. Yeah. Well, Katie, uh, let's have, uh, walk away. And it's maybe going to follow, but sort of a crackling sound catches their ear. And as it is, as my scene, um, mm-hmm. They head off in a direction, and I, I ignored the last one. I'm getting this one um, <laughs> to the flywheel tower, and they step into uh, this little hallway. And I'm in the same way that Cerebro has that little walkway out into the sphere. It's like that, but it's just into like this long cylinder, and there's all these above and below these turning plates into cut and the very top is open to the elements of whatever it, the deep way is uh, but it's open and I did check what a flywheel was I'll confess I'm not enough of an engineer to truly understand the mechanics behind it but there's lots of stuff moving in here um, <laughs> it's to do with how it generates uh, energy as the flywheel, flywheel does the work but they're in there and this place was crackling uh, with energy before they stepped in. And now all I could think of, and it's actually kind of the vibe I wanted, that moment in um, Disney's Aladdin, the uh, the good one, um, where Iago's running and there's like electricity's been called down and it's like crackling around stuff. Just this whole vibe of with Arcadia in there as well, like little sparks start to fly off of them and like catch in one of the wheels and then sort of goes spinning up and it starts building and building and then it gets carried off out the top and dissipates and then it happens again and it's stronger this time and there's the crackling is louder and is starting to um have you ever seen um those nuclear cooling towers and the way the sound echoes in them like people Mm. 
little bit like that, and it's getting louder each time they do this. And they just stood there, eyes closed, letting sort of this energy pour off them, but also sort of feed back as well in their hair, which is already pretty big um, because it's got that sort of tightly wound curly quality to it sort of seems to get slightly bigger and their clothes sort of billow a little as their whole body is like crackling with energy. I think they're losing themselves in it a little bit, like allowing themselves to luxuriate in this feeling that they probably haven't been able to for a long time because of their choice to leave. And now they're sort of in almost like a reverie with it, just letting the feeling of this pseudo storm wash over them and feed into it and letting it feed into them and i don't know if somebody wants to interact with them they can but i just i like the motion the notion even that this is they're as much the coming storm as anything they might run into is is how i'm Mm -hmm. thinking about it yeah um Trying to think about what I could bring <laughs> to it. Yeah, I mean, Lothaly might notice that she's lost Arcady, <laughs> but I'm trying to figure out, like, what, if anything, Faye could bring to the scene. So I don't think Faye would, like, backtrack to find it, uh, find them. That's fine. Mm-hmm. Hmm. I it- think, uh, mm-hmm. Can you remind me how the I was watching a video of a flywheel. Um, I, I missed I missed how how this room is set up. It's, um, it it's a cylinder, like it's a yeah a cylinder going up, uh, and okay. there's lot like a north to uh, about uh, I can't even think on the y axis, and mm-hmm. like it's a little floating walkway out into it, and then there's the different flywheels themselves. Uh, horizontal, so parallel with that walkway above and below, and there's just lots of them up and down. So mm-hmm. it's like impossible to pro- because they're all moving, even though they're segmented. You can't really see how many there are. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I think I think you hear footsteps on the walkway behind you. Mm-hmm. As this as like electricity is arcing all over this place, and uh, Arcturus is there, and is also feeling it. And he said, he "says um." I didn't realize you had such a knack for it. Sort of open my eyes and like tilt my head back to to look at you. Me neither. Like you know, like holds out his hand to like like dip it into like the electricity that's going all over the place. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, like it kind <laughs> of crackles around him as well. How does it feel for you? Hmm. Like, it's, it's, it's hard to explain. It's like every time I breathe in and then out, it feels like my lungs get bigger. And it's like inside me, but not. I, I don't know. It's like my breath is outside myself. 
wonder if that's the thing I should be scared of. Losing a part of yourself? Mm-hmm. It's never felt like it came from within me. What does it feel like for you? Like dunking your head in ice water right after waking up. I think their nose screws up just a little bit and they smile. It's like, that explains some things about you. It's the most powerful adrenaline kick every single time. But it's always coming into me, moving through me. I've never been a source, just a conduit. I think they um, close their eyes again and just sort of lean back against his legs where he stood behind them. And the electric starts to slow down as they sort of get their breathing under control. It wasn't panicked breathing before, but it was sort of mm-hmm. like heavy, like like almost like when you're asleep or meditating, that good deep breathing. Mm-hmm. And it sort of like returns to something more normal and the crackling sort of slows. And then it's before returning to what it was before they came into the tower. And there's a ding. <laughs> and the machine says, thank you for the charge. Oh, you're welcome. That will keep me going for quite some time. I think I would like to come back. You would be welcome to. Hmm. And I sort of stand up. It's like, feels good to be welcome somewhere. Sure does. All right. Um... Now it is my turn. Yeah. <sighs> so many fun choices. Still. Mm. Yeah. Oh god. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I think Arcturus leaves the the flywheel tower at that point, and he's like talking to the machine, like, "And the Magus is in good hands. You're. The, the, he's being cared after. Lawfully is is." is being cared and and the machine says Sir Regulus how long has it been since you slept? And he stops and says Well well somebody has to keep watch And the machine says I am keeping watch. You are safe within these walls. Please rest and the a door opens to this incredible circulatory system of of copper wire and you know uh, shaped steel that has a gleaming like topaz gem suspended in the center of it like a mag- like a magnetic coil that like can make a like a like a uh, like a, an iron ingot float in it mm-hmm. 
except it's this like this like multifaceted gemstone that pulses whenever the machine talks uh as uh the machine welcomes Arcturus to its nest uh and provides him a place to rest in safety uh and gives him a beautiful dream. And I think the dream is, you know, it's back at the castle. And it is Arcturus and Arcady returning as heroes. And it is the queen, the Storm Queen, uh, admitting her rashness in her sentence against... Arcady, and it is a brighter world. It's a world where lightning strikes generators to give them power, and not just trees to cause fires or battlefields to break apart armies. It's a world where a storm is a good omen and not a bad one. Mm. Uh, and then the nest of the machine, Arcturus sleeps peacefully for the first time since this quest began. And that is my scene. Nice. Ooh. All right, hang on. Okay. Uh, I am choosing to move the Magus to the gate of umbra that's a dope ass looking gate it's a big gate yep the prompt for it is what is broken oh man so how does the gate of umbra like uh look as we uh, as we get to it what's this transition like i think we leave the fortress of karst and the way narrows until we're back in in like a cave system again but this is just like perfectly smooth stone as though it just naturally happened this way nothing dug it out Mm -hmm. uh but it's perfectly straight too like everything looks like it's completely calculated like it there was some sort of intelligence behind it but there's no signs of machining or anything like that. It just is. And we eventually get to the gate itself, and I think the gate's what's broken. Like, we're coming up to it, and the Magus stops and mutters an incantation to himself, and like it's like a curtain falls but in reverse like you know instead of something being obscured it's something being revealed and it's the gate and he stops and goes oh well then because the gate it was part of the wall and you can tell that it used to be huge and parts of it still are huge but like the uh image on the map has it 
you know, it looks like it's a bunch of different pieces slotted together. Mm -hmm. uh, and I think a lot of those pieces have just like disintegrated or fallen out. And so there's a lot of rubble there, but there are still things that are identifiable shapes. Um, and still like there's some smaller pieces mixed in with the larger pieces. And a lot of them are still kind of intact, but the gate itself is completely broken. And so we're not so much like opening the gate as we are just passing through the corpse of it. And I think the Magus, like, you can tell there's just, like, a little bit of worry on his face, like, more so than has been, you know, we've been growing accustomed to on this last leg of the journey. Mm -hmm. And then he, like, gathers himself and says, well, that was easy. The way before us is open. Let's not dawdle. <laughs> but there was just that moment where we could all see that he was shaken I can't help but noticing there's an option to go right and I can see the edge of something that I'm trying not to pay attention to just yet well I think that's actually where we would have come from oh, yes I see Yes, it all leads here that makes sense alrighty Hmm. Dang. What do I want to do? I know it's me. I'm sorry. Again, this is one of those ones where the options are all really good. So. Starry Coast. As we're, so as the, like, the images is, like, taking in the damage and, like, where it is that we'll be able to fit through, what we maybe need to shift and move to pass through without causing like more damage there is this uh sound i think uh that calls and i'm inspired by what's the edge of the map and the name of this uh it is like the rush of water over pebbles and arcady moves away just like i'm just going to and doesn't really finish the sentence as uh they walk towards the sound and gets to this outcropping and what's weird is it sounds like water over purples but that's that's not what this is um and what it is is there is very much what looks like a coastline here but it just opens out into space and it's the sound of Ooh. they aren't even sure what it is because they don't know enough about space, but it, it sounds like the ocean. But it's like space itself, this inky blackness, uh, is lapping at the edge of the land here. And up and down and out, as far as they can see, are just stars. Some that they recognize, much more that they don't. And they're just looking out into it like just awestruck in the literal sense of this being awesome do you mind if Lothalie finds Arcady on the starry coast yeah yeah I think Lothalie finds Arcady and 
comes to stand next to them and says, There's so many more than there were over Barleytown. More than over Stormguard as well. How old do you think they are? I don't know. Maybe they're new. Maybe we'll see them when the spring comes. Maybe. And I think... I think there's something about Arcady's posture that's changed. They stand a little straighter. They're nowhere near as... They're still nowhere as tall as um, Lothalai is. But they seem more assured as they look out over this. It's like, we are so small. No offense. I mean, I know you're very tall, but I mean... (laughs) When you see all of this, it just puts everything in perspective, doesn't it? It does. I mean, that doesn't mean that we can't do good things, even though we may be smaller than all of the stars. What did they ever do anyway? They just twinkle. Arcady laughs. (laughs) That wasn't what I meant, but I like the sentiment. No, it's more because we are small and it's not just us that are in, we're all just small parts of something so much bigger and so like there is no, no part of it is more important than another. Like I gesture just like from here, they're beautiful, but. None seem more important. It's just they're all part of it. And they could, one could be gone and there would still be millions left. Yeah. That's wonderful. And I think it's maybe an understatement to say that all they do is twinkle because I know sailors use them and if one went missing, the sailors would be lost, so that's kind of wonderful, too. All the stars are important, I guess, even if they just twinkle and give sailors something to look at. <laughs> and I don't think is going to say anything else. Mm-hmm. But yeah, and I don't think uh, Arcady does either. But when the two of them sort of return to the Magus and Arcturus, I think there's a little bit more white at their temples. I think that's been steadily increasing since Mm -hmm. leaving the Grey Wardens. But they seem less afraid. I think as Arcady returns to the campfire and this change in them is evident... That there is a look in the Magus's eye as he, uh, you know, as, as Arcturus helps him with his food, and he seems to have made a decision. As it becomes my turn, mm-hmm. and I am going to choose celebration fires. Nice. Hell yeah. And. Yes, um, the Magus whispers something to Arcturus, 
who goes to Lothaly and says, um, and Amigus says that there is uh, some sort of flammable uh, fungus just outside, uh, down the down a passage we passed a bit back. He'd like us to go and gather some up. Lovely kind of nods and is just like, I'm always happy to burn fungus, I guess. <laughs> All right. Uh, and the uh, Arcturus um, kind of gestures for, for Faye to, to, to go ahead before turning back to Arcady and saying, wants to speak with you. Oh. Uh, okay. And the Magus, uh, you know, has been having difficulty moving ever since that fight there. Mm. The, the machine was nice enough to allow him to keep the, um, gift him the, that, that, uh, motorized chair mm -hmm. that he, you know, it, it follows behind when he's feeling well enough to walk. And then, you know, a lot of times he'll, he'll sit in it and, and use it to, to ambulate. Um, and he is, he's in it now, you know, kind of stoking, what for the the embers of the fire that is currently there? And he says, "So, my young friend, I see that you had an epiphany today." I think so. Would you share it with an old man? You mean you don't know what it is? And smile at him. No is different than being shared with. The telling is what's important. Hmm. That makes sense. I don't need to be scared of my mother. No. Truth be told, I don't know that you ever did. Well, maybe... Maybe it's that I don't need to hate her. I just... The only sway she can have over me is what I give her. I don't want to give her anything anymore. Sounds like a winning strategy. So, when we... Go through Umbra, and we find where magic was born, and keep that old fire going. What do you think you'll do next? Um, I hadn't really thought that far ahead. I I thought I was going to just keep moving. See more of the world. Learn more about things. There is so much of it out there. I don't want to go back to Stormguard. I don't... want... I'm sick of cages and boxes and things being forced into one way of being or another. Much easier when you can decide how you'd like them to be yourself, huh? 
I suppose, yeah. An open road, a distant horizon. Mm-hmm. He kind of like shifts in his chair, and he creaks and groans a little bit, and he says, Well, <laughs> I spent so much of my youth roaming, but I don't know that I'll be able to do it in the future. But somebody should. Should wander, should travel, see the world in all its beauty and terror. Hmm. And he um, kind of reaches into his bag and pulls out his walking stick that he hasn't been using as much lately. Mm-hmm. And he says, Do you think you would be interested in seeing the world for me? They sort of, uh, they're just sort of like mouth slightly open for a moment. <laughs> like, they were having this conversation, and I think the reality of what he was saying and implying catches up with them all at once. Mm-hmm. As he holds his wizard staff. Uh-huh, yeah. Um, if that's... And then they put their hand out to sort of meet his around it, as it were. Mm-hmm. And just like... A gift freely given is a powerful gift indeed. I can think of none better to give it to. He he puts his hand over yours, over his. (laughs) Uh, And then in the distance you hear uh, the grinding sound of Lothaly and... um, and uh, Arcturus dragging these huge <laughs> mushroom stalks. Uh, before you go any further, Zachary, I do want to pitch that my next scene, because I want my next scene to be with Arcturus, can it be happening while they're gathering mushrooms? Absolutely. Meanwhile, a little <laughs> earlier. <laughs> a few minutes earlier. Yo. <laughs> and you can finish the scene afterwards. It's just um I wanted to do the dusk road, a burden mm-hmm. you bear. And I was thinking that the dusk road can be like I'm imagining it almost I know it's dusk and not dust. But I misread it at first, so I can't help but think of like a road that's like barely more than a well traveled path with just like gray dust that you know, it's like the dust from grinding stones and it's over oh. it's like there are giant mushrooms that hang over it. Um and it's the smaller ones that we're trying to get at because you know, those are the ones that we can reach and those are the ones that we can carry. Mm-hmm. But I think once they're out of earshot, Lothaly turns to Arcturus and is just like, I think I know why I'm here and why the Magus asked me to come. Mm. But I don't know I can do what needs to be done. Arcturus um, is, like, tucking on a big mushroom 
and then looks back and says, What do you mean? I don't know. I have a feeling. And Faye kind of like reaches up to Fair's leaves, and like some of them are brown and brittle. And Faye breaks one off and says, I think autumn's here. And I think the winter comes next, and I don't think there's anything that we can do to stop the winter, because that's not how seasons work. But whatever we do, the winter's going to see it, and I think I might be here to help make sure spring comes, but I don't know if we'll survive the winter. Oh. But why? because of the cold? It's not going to be like any winter we've ever seen, I don't think, and magic is dying, and the Magus, he looks so frail right now, I don't know what happens if magic leaves in the middle of winter, how are we going to light our fires? I mean, metaphorically, I know how to use flint and steel, but... Hmm. There's magic in songs, and there's magic in brewing beer, and there's magic in having a kid. There's magic everywhere. If it all leaves, what does that leave us? I... I don't know. I... suppose that there is magic in many things. And if magic, and Arcturus thinks, and he kind of like squares his shoulders and he says, do you think that if magic goes away, that people will stop singing songs and brewing beer and having children? Awfully, he's like pulling down a big stalk of her, uh, her own and says... I mean, I don't know. I hope not. I... I think back to Barley Town. That tavern of people. The songs they sang. The... The frenzy with which they threw themselves at each moment. And I cannot imagine those people putting up their lyres and lutes just because they're told that magic is gone. And he says, there is magic in, in song and beer and children, but it does not come unbidden because there is labor in those things too especially the kids <laughs> <laughs> sorry and there is there is magic in duty in protecting those you love and in following what you think is right but there is labor in those things, too. 
And I will not stop doing that. I think Lothley kind of like Faye gives like a watery sort of smile as Faye, you know, gets loose the the big stalk of fungus. <laughs> Catches it as it falls. <laughs> yeah. And Faye says Well, I'm hardly going to let you outdo me, so I won't stop either. Not until I've helped a hundred people give birth to a hundred babies or more. <laughs> you give it your best shot, midwife. I will not be outdone in service. <laughs> As he tries to lift this whole thing by himself. <laughs> Is that the one that makes the dragging noise as we yeah. come back? Yeah. He's got it over his shoulder, but the ed the ed one of the ends is still on the ground. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And now we're back to the present. Mm-hmm. As um Amagus looks up, uh he and somehow, uh through some ledger domain Arcady, his hands leave yours and you're holding the stick. Mm-hmm. As he says, um, they are good folk. But they need somebody who knows where to go. Mm. Arcady nods. As your, as your compass, like, kind of mm-hmm. wiggles. <laughs> All right. All right. Oh, boy. This game sure is sad, huh? Yeah. I, I think we're sad. I don't think the now game think has to dying. Be. I've played myself. <laughs> <laughs> the Magus is dying with it. This was, this was established at the top. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, I guess we uh, head to the Nameless City now, don't we? Flip the map back. Flip the map back. I've got to actually take myself over there, too. Uh, I'm just going to delete this uh, so we can see where... There we are. Boom. Hang on, I'm going to cover up the rest of it. Oh, crap. I'm the Matus. Dang. (sighs) All right. So the Nameless City... Uh, which has the prompt, the ravages of magic. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, what this is, the nameless city, as we emerge up and out through the ru- this ruined gate, is imagine like a green apocalypse meets an Escher painting. Oh, man. It's the laws of reality don't apply here because too much magic has bled into the world. Oh, can I can I make one suggestion as well? Mm-hmm. Um, is that it has been is entirely monochromatic here. Love that. Ooh. Love just that. completely black and white. The Magus, um, as well has been bleaching color this whole time. And it was hard to tell underground. Mm-hmm. But as we come out in the Magus, it's like in all grays. And like the color in his beard is gone. Mm-hmm. And the color in his hair is gone. Yeah. 
and like the it the, there is the sun above us, but it is like white. Yeah, it's the it's the like the the brightness of a of a winter morning mm-hmm. when everything is covered in snow. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And like. I just like like there's things are growing at weird angles, and it's like there's layers of reality on top of each other. Um, it's one of my favorite things in Discworld is like the way magic leaches into the the world around it and starts to warp things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I don't know whether it's oh that was what's happening, and as magic is fading, whatever was holding these impossible angles is starting to break down, and that's maybe why the gate was broken because the tether of magic is fraying away like old rope and there is nothing to hold these reality defying things anymore reality is catching up with it and time is catching up with it and it is it's got that real liminal space feeling like that something should be here that's not and it is preternaturally silent not a peaceful quiet there is nothing i don't think even our footsteps make a sound on the ground mm. it's like the world is holding its breath mm-hmm. Ooh. and it's that i think it's that vibe of um is it anabic chamber like totally deadens all sound mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah so hearing each other like that's what it feels like We'll be able to talk, but like I don't think any of us want to say anything yet because it is yeah. so it's like an effort. Yeah, and nobody wants to break that quiet because so much feels like it's about to fall apart, mm-hmm. and nobody wants to make a sound in case that is what sends everything crashing down. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that is the nameless city. I don't, yeah, and the Magus doesn't break the silence either. It's just like pushing forward, sort of like he. No, yeah, the Magus, the Magus is like almost sleeping half the time mm, right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, oh, it's me. I have it, to pick one. You do. You do. Oh, God. <laughs> well, I think what I'm going to have to pick is we as we go through this terrifying like a multi-dimensional place there is this huge skeleton clad in this incredible armor that has been falling has 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 not rotted actually it's completely intact which makes it so much stranger that the the body itself has been bleached to bone and coming up through its center like a tree is another one of those calcified Lichtenberg uh, mm. structures. Ooh. Um, because the, as we come upon the body of the ancient in a battle fought long ago. And, and Arcturus looks up at it and um, kind of tightens his grip on the Magus's uh, chair as he pushes him and says I don't even remember what its crime was. 
Maybe that's the point. Maybe if you do something bad enough, you don't get to be remembered anymore. Hmm. Or maybe some reasons are so petty that queens forget them on purpose. I suppose we can't know for sure. Oh, you're right. You can't discount how petty people are. I think Arcady steps up, taking in all of this, knowing the implications. Mm. I think I think also the body of the ancient is not like on the ground. It's like frozen mid fall. God. So it's susp- suspended above us with mm-hmm. its feet still on the ground. I'm sorry, what was Arcady doing? They sort of step up and put their hand on the like the calcified Lichtenberg structure and look at Arcturus and they look apologetic I think and then they let out a slow breath and you can see their hand flex slightly and I think the calcified Lichtenberg starts to retract down Mm-hmm. And like, and it's clearly taking a lot of concentration for them to do it, but just sort of like lowers this ancient body down so it can at least be at rest. Mm-hmm. And it's clearly, and they're, they're like sweating as they do it, um, like they're fighting to keep control of something. But eventually, uh, the skeleton is is lying on the ground, and they sort of <sighs> sort of just sit down for a second. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Lothaly kneels, like not quite trying to catch Arcady, but like ready to catch Arcady if they pitch forward or backward. Mm-hmm. And um. Now that it's on the ground at this angle, everyone can see that sticking out of one of the sockets of its uh, skull's eyes is a spear, just like the one that Arcturus was carrying at the start. We can do better. We have to. We will. Arcturus nods. Hmm. That's my scene. Oh, that means it's me. (gasps) It's you. Mm -hmm. Um, I keep doing this. Like, most of this has just been in the chat me rolling to see (laughs) which choice I'm making. Hmm. Okay, I guess I'm headed to the Academy of the Sightless with the prompt, Why the Magus Needs You. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have to roll here a d6. <laughs> oh, nice. So I rolled a one, and on a one to two, uh, the prompt is a dark future. This is fine. This is fine. I want to say that like 
maybe it's uh, Lothaly's turn to be pushing the Magus, and Faye finds Fairself like near one of the few buildings that isn't like completely overcome with non-Euclidean geography, and it looks very similar to the school at Ravenhall, but because of everything that's happened, it's inverse somehow. And I think maybe the Magus stirs as they approach. Uh, so whoever would like to be the Magus, by all means. But I think she looks up at it and can't help but notice, like, you know, there are students still walking the halls, but they don't really appear to be going in particular places. But, like, you can see through the windows. Um, and, like, some of the students are walking, quote-unquote, upright. Some of the students are walking upside down. I think it really just depends on, like, which way the building's oriented. Mm-hmm. But um, as the Magus stirs, I think he says... This used to be Ravenhall, too. It could be again. And that would not be a good thing. And Lothaly kind of pauses, and then she's like, Well, what do we do? And I'm going to defer to one of you to give a... (laughs) idea of what we do here because August does not have an idea for what we can do to prevent this school from uh, becoming part of Ravenhall again as part of the dark future. I do have an idea if you don't have one, Shane. Now have it, please. Go right ahead. Magus kind of lips his lips and they're cracked and dry. And he says... The problem has always been the problem is trying to keep it all in one place. A tree doesn't grow straight up, after all, or straight down. So you're saying we need to prune the branches? You need to let the roots spread. You can't keep an oak in a flower pot and expect it to grow right. She snorts. I think uh, at that a couple of fair leaves like float to the ground and she unintentionally steps on one as like they keep rolling forward, but it doesn't make a crunch mm. at all. And I think that's seen. Hell yeah. Dope. I'm trying to decide between these last two prompts. You know you want to go for what was destroyed to make people sad? Let me be clear. I could make it sad with what was saved. <laughs> <laughs> that's fair. I think I like the other part more. So um, as we're 
making our way through. There is um, an area, and it's sort of sitting at an odd angle, as everything is. And unlike everything else, it's not bathed in light of this winter sun. Instead, it has that muted, dull... Um, cause it, I like because I like the whole wintry imagery here. You know when there is uh, winter at night and um, the way the moonlight bounces off the snow mm-hmm. and it's got that very soft, almost glow to it and it's that deadening quiet that comes with it. it it's like that as we head into the night district where daylight doesn't permeate and make our way through it. And the prompt here, as uh, August already alluded to, is what was destroyed. And here's what i got to decide what that was. Um, I hear, I think, also, as we are moving through, stuff starts to crunch underfoot. And at first it's quiet, a little bit just like that, that way that breaking through the top layer of snow sounds and as we move it gets more like pebbles and then it sounds more like glass it doesn't hurt to walk on but the the chair moving through and the the three of us and i'm trying to figure out what exactly it's but we're like it's clear something was broken here because there is debris of something all around us and um, but it's maybe covered by it's not and we can't see what it is we can only hear that we're walking on something that we're traversing mm. over something and it in that way um i forget what it's called when a place has a vibe and you know when the whole thing was like when a place holds a memory and like you can normally tell if a bad thing has happened, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it has that vibe to it and it's getting stronger as we move through. Like there's something that has scarred the very essence of the place itself here. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what the exact specific is. And I'm, I have an idea, but I'm not sure how we would pick up on it. Okay. What's the idea? They've lost their future. They can't progress past what's here and now and what we see. Hmm. But I don't know how we would know that. Beyond, like, um, just the feeling of knowing. Maybe we catch a glimpse of a shard and it reflects in full color, even though we can't, like, actually hear anything that's going on, but... I don't know, since, again, since Lothalie's a midwife, I keep going back to children and it's, you know, goes to, like, just children run across the path, but there's no, there's no sound, there's no actual children, and we've never actually seen children the entire time we've been here. Mm -hmm. And we just know that whatever happened here, there was no going forward for this place. Mm -hmm. Like it reached a breaking point it got too much for itself and like collapsed inward 
yep. like too much in one space, too much magic in one place. Mm. All right. Cool. All right. So. I think it's time, it's time. right? We are calling last round. The glow. Our magic was born. So we move through this shattered place. And this place could not go forward. And yet we do. And we realize after a fair bit more walking that one, we have not stopped walking for some time. It seems like time itself is far more implicit here. The sun has been stagnant the whole time. It has not become the night, and we have no idea how long we've been walking. And we see... We look back and we see the nameless city and then the Shattered Place, the Night District, and then there seems to be just a gentle fade, and we look down and around, and we realize that we are standing in an endless white plain. We see the whole of our journey stretched out behind us, you know, the Nameless City, we see the 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 sightless sea, you know, on the past that we see Astalia and and Castle Stormguard in the distance, and it seems like we can look back and see forever. And we look forward and there is nothing forever. It's like those salt flats. But with even less color, because the sky above is white and the ground below is white, and there is nothing. There is no color here. And the Magus stirs, and he says, All right. That's far enough. Lothaly, will you help me stand? Fade nods and, like, offers a hand if the Magus wants to try to leverage himself up, so... He he does, but he needs yeah. a lot of help. He is so frail and, and weak, and it seems like he's kind of wasted away during this walk. It's no burden to her. Mm-hmm. Uh, she just wanted to give him the dignity of doing doing it the way he wanted instead of manhandling him, you know? Mm-hmm. And, like, he, at the beginning of this, was so robust and, like, broad and, and kind of, kind of a, like a, 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 you know, a chubby guy, uh, a robust guy. And he's, like, this, the layers of, of clothing that was so colorful before is now gray and, and hangs off of him, like, like a shroud as he gets to his feet. And, um, pats you almost absent-mindedly on the arm and takes one shaky step and then another and a third and he says well thank you for the company my friends 
I think that you are going to do very well. And the Amigas closes his eyes and he begins to glow. As the spark of magic that he's harbored this whole time finally comes out and he just begins to like like just like this glow starts in his heart and like spreads across him until he is like a incredible opalescent prismatic silhouette blazing a beacon against the 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 monochrome of this of this this plane um and then slowly the edges of this silhouette become fuzzier and fuzzier as the glow spreads and suffuses it uh suffuses everything around and we are just standing in this technicolor maelstrom and we each have a thing that we can pick yup yup <laughs> yup <sighs> I think I'm going to go over here and all of these scenes are marked with a symbol that involves changing something about our character. Yeah, or removing something. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, change or remove. And the one I'm picking is almost the last time you saw real magic. And I think in this moment, and Faye doesn't know why, or maybe on some level Faye does, but Lothaly thinks about that conversation with Arcturus about the magic in singing and the magic in doing. And I think that, I think she's learned that the magic of the Magus is dying and this may be the last bit of it that we ever see, but this here is also real magic. And I don't think it's much of a scene at all. I just think it's a realization. And I think, I think Lothley is going to, is it just, is it, it is change or, yeah. Yeah, it is change. So I think Lothaly is going to change fair title. Faye's not just a midwife anymore. Faye is just one who acts because the action is the real magic. Hmm. And that's the last time she saw real magic and her resolve to keep practicing real magic for as long as she lives. Alrighty, uh, I am gonna go to voices, uh, the prompt of which is your face in the glow. And as the, the the sort of suffusing of light around around all of them, and um, Arcady closes their eyes against the glare for a moment. And when they open them, there's that slight uh, spots in the vision vibe. And then they blink 
and uh, for a second uh, they think that their mother is there, Alana uh, Storm Queen. And as their vision clears slightly, they uh, realize that it's not her. They're just looking at an older version of themselves. And their hair is like almost completely snow white at this point. There's just a few little steely bits of their original black hair sort of left a small like streak of it at the front. And there are sort of lines at their temples and crow's feet and laughter lines that they've never really had before. Um, there is that same cloud of hair vibe going on, but it's like bigger and and it's crackling with life. And it's just this nod from this, this version of Katie that, they recognize as themselves, but also feel so very far away. And uh, this this older version of them has the Magus's staff, their staff, and Arcadia sort of reaches out, just wanting to see is it is it real or is it just something they're seeing? And the the vision disappears, but they don't feel the loss of it almost as of like just because they couldn't reach it doesn't mean it wasn't real in the same way that the stars aren't within reach but they're there and Arcady is going to cease being the fugitive of Stormguard and can I? Ch- how much can I change? Is it just one thing, or as much as I want? Yeah, you can change whatever you want. Then it's just Arcady. Not tied to anything. Not running from anything. Just themselves. And there is a hand on Arcady's shoulder as Arcturus steps through the the color and the light. The, the blending of the eight colors of magic. Another Discworld reference. <laughs> um, or I guess the eighth secret color of magic. Um, and and also, you know, another handout to touch um, lawfully. Uh, as his my final prompt is, why you serve the Magus? As he remembers the oaths he swore to Ilana Stormguard and the the duty to protect the sanctity of the of the Stormguard keep to to serve as a knight the rest of time. But he didn't. He followed a daft <laughs> old fool <laughs> across the world just because he asked him to because it was the first time that someone had asked him to do something hmm. instead of ordered and for that he will follow the magus for the rest of his days no matter who it is 
as I erase Night of Stormguard and rewrite in Guardian of the Magus. Wherever they go. I'm very emotional, you guys. Me too. It only took 51 or 53 arcs for me to cry <laughs> on this fucking show. <laughs> oh, I got the good hand flappies going. It's great. It's good. Oy. Um. So it doesn't explicitly say in the rules for an epilogue. Mm -hmm. But I'd kind of like an epilogue to come down off of this really tense emotional feeling. Mm -hmm. If y'all are cool with that. Sure. I kind of just want to know... First, I'd like to know what Arcady is doing during the winter as it comes. Because winter always comes. And that'll kind of determine what I think Lothalie is doing. During the winter, do you think like that when the the image we've got we get is like the three of us together in the in the tempest of color as it like kind of like overtakes us with light and then it sort of like d fades into whatever the mon epilogue montage is? Mm. Yeah, I think so. I mean, Arcadia's got to go deal with their mom. It's kind of a thing, as that battle is not done. Yeah. I think it's like going to Stormguard and taking it apart. In the same way that, like, they released the Earthspark, it's dismantling that. Mm -hmm. I and think Bothley... Please, Karen, I'm sorry, please go, go ahead. I know, I've just got this visual uh, in my mind of like this black or what appears to be black stone structure against a snowy background, like snow, snowy mountains and this black stone capped with snow. I think it's probably like that all year round because it's that high up. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And just this visual of lightning striking it. As, as we approach, it's just that visual is part of the montage. It's good. I think it's maybe like the lightning strikes and you hear the cracking of stone, but don't see what happens next. And then it cuts to the next visual. I think, lawfully, in the next visual, it's actually a flashback when Arcady reveals that they need to dismantle Mm -hmm. the kingdom Lothalie's just like well I'm coming with you you're going to need someone to help you plant something there when spring comes hmm. and that's that and um as as Stormguard is crumbling and as as, as you know the structures are being torn down so that they can be rebuilt. Arturus is there, watching, and the there's a there's a kind of change in the air pressure, as from the east comes storm clouds. And he looks up at them, 
and he cracks his neck and he steps in front of Arcady and he smiles. <laughs> Good. Can that be the image we leave on? Yeah. Sure. I like that. I, mean, I could spend the next couple hours describing just how he kicks all their asses. But... <laughs> I mean, we know that's going to happen, but I just love <laughs> the idea of the last image we see is just like the the expression of mm-hmm. glee. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sort of, sort of like, um, yeah, just just sort of no longer grim determination. Ooh, mm-hmm. question. Mm-hmm. What color are his eyes in the last shot? I think they are all of them. Good. I just, it doesn't have to be part of the visual, just like struck by him saying he's a conduit and like Arcady channeling the storm into him. I'm also really tickled by the notion of Arcady hearing somebody talking about dismantling the monarchy and assuming this was a very literal thing. <laughs> Just like, okay, dismantle the monarchy. Brick by brick by brick. Hell yeah. All right. Shall we do Shall we do outro? Yep. Shall we do outros? That's how we end these things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been August. You can find me on Twitter at Harpydora. It only took this long for me to cry. I'm still really emotional, but I'm still happy about the story we told. Um, and playing with me today has been Jade. I've been Jade. I continue to be emotional about many things. Uh, this was great. Playful of magic. It's dope. You'll enjoy it. Uh, you can still find me on Twitter at Jade Oxford Rose and rounding out the trio of making us all feel things has been Zachary. What's up? <laughs> I'm Zach. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Obfuscating God. You can find the music I do at iambugbear.bandcamp.com and this game whipped. <laughs> it did. This is such a fun game. I, I can only imagine how charged the experience would have been with a physical scroll yeah i love that part of the journey's end is like the ceremonial rolling up of the scroll yeah Mm. by the way let's put us all here at finn shall we clap let us clap let us clap
Hi, it's August, and I just wanted to thank you for listening. If you've enjoyed us, please consider leaving a rating on your podcast platform of choice, telling your friends about us, or tweeting about us using the FTLcast hashtag. We are also part of a nonprofit podcasting guild called Standing Stones Productions. We do a variety of shows, including The Room Where It Happened and Dumb Kids Playing Hero, two actual play shows, and a Steven Universe discussion podcast called Gay Space Rocks. We also do live streams at twitch.tv slash standingstonesprod. You can keep up with everything that we do on Twitter at stones underscore standing. Unfortunately, Standing Stones was already taken. Your support means a lot. Thanks again!